0: three two one i feel the plot about to sicken. i like this thing action you're listening to basic brain Heart with hannah camacho i got something on my face it's about to get real, real, real up in here Hey Brainhearts, welcome back to the show. Today we have a really cool guest. His name is John Brooks, and his career spans so many different roles in the film industry. Um, But this time, rather than mostly focusing on animation... Uh, we get to talk a lot about live action and um, John's experience as a director of photography, which is sometimes referred to as a DP, um, he's a master of the camera. And one thing I really enjoyed about talking to John is that I didn't have to continually pull information out of him. He Just naturally kind of spins everything into a narrative and brings it home into some really actionable things and it was just really great to hear um, about his experience and the opinions he's formed as well as the actionable things he's done to continually learn his craft better. He's an Emmy Award winner, a multiple Teddy Award winner, a Telly Award winner, (laughs) so many different awards. And a few of his recent roles include an executive vice president role with Cameron Pace Group, which is the group formed by James Cameron and Vince Pace, as well as before that he served as the vice president of creative services for Cameron Pace Group. He will occasionally direct um, live television these days, but he's really looking forward to kind of the next step in life, his next phase in life, and has a really good bird's eye view in terms of what young creatives can do and how they can learn from... People who've been there and done that, and I just really enjoyed everything that, that uh, John had to say. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And before uh, we get into the interview, I did want to let you know if you ever want to like, leave me some feedback or send me some notes, feel free to either do that um, in the review section in iTunes, or you can connect with me on Twitter at basicbrainheart or on Instagram at Hannah Camacho. That's C A M A C H O. All right, enough of me talking. Let's go ahead and dig into the interview. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, joining me for a chat today. Um, We've actually had a lot of uh, folks from the animation industry on recently. Um, But I'm excited to talk a little bit more about live action. And I know you've played a lot of roles behind the camera and um, have a lot of skills and understanding of how that whole world works. And a lot of us laymen who just enjoy going to the movies don't understand what goes behind um, taking a vision and, and putting it to life. So I, I enjoy, I look forward to hearing you uh, talk all about it. And I have lots of questions.
1: Okay, good. I'm good at answering <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's
0: good. But I, I know we've spent some time talking about various things in the past, but I have never really heard your life story So if you don't mind, we can kind of go back a few years and learn about the man, the myth, the legend, um, and uh, kind of where you grew up, what got you interested in photography and video, uh, what you went to school for, all those good
1: details. Wow. Well, it's a sordid tale.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs)
1: Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up in Florida. Uh, my interest in photography started when I was very young. I had an uncle who was, a a fashion photographer in New York city, did a a shot for Vogue for a number of years. And, um, he was kind of, um, uh, you know, my father was a, was a hardcore entrepreneur businessman. Hmm. Um, and then, then he had this brother who was this avant garde crazy artist that lived this kind of bohemian life in oh, New wow. York and then bought a sailboat and, and cruised the world and always had beautiful models uh, on his boat with him. Wow. <laughs> just <laughs> crazy, you know, uh, fantasy life. And this was, you know, in the 50s, which was wow. kind of unheard of, you yeah. know, in, in those days. And he just marched to a different drummer, but he was, he was a hero to me. Um, and, um, uh, uh, I, I thought this guy just thinks so far out of the box and doesn't really care what anybody thinks about him. And I just kind of a- adopted that mentality from him much to the chagrin of my parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did he spend
0: any time kind of, uh, nurturing your, your curiosity at all? Or you just kind of looked up to him and occasionally interacted with him? Did he kind of take on that mentorship role with you?
1: No, he never, in terms of professionally, I was too young. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I, I had already started, I mean, I started playing around with cameras and, you know, shooting pictures and stuff when I was uh, probably around six or so. Oh, that's great. Seven years old. And um, um, and he we, we saw him about twice a year, but I, I heard – you know, these, these, um, fantastical tales of his ancestors. And, and, uh, um, and, and sometimes they were from him and sometimes they were from conversations that my parents would have (laughs) disparaging tones about what he was up to. Um, and, and I would secretly, secretly go, wow, he is so cool. (laughs) And, And, uh, um, so, um, uh, that's kind of, you know, where, where the whole thing started for sure. me. And, uh, you know, I, I continued, um, to, to develop that and became a, a pretty avid nature photographer mm. from, from the time I was pretty young. I spent a lot of time off on my own with a little Brownie 126 box camera. Wow shooting pictures of birds and nests and animals and, um, stuff and, uh, uh, continued that, um, all the way through to, to high school. And I, I was a very active, um, uh, very active scuba diver by the time I was 12 years oh, old
0: cool.
1: and, <clears throat> um, and became fascinated with the whole concept of taking images underwater. Hmm. And, um, uh, um, and then of course, as many kids my age, um, uh, had a, 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 hero in Jacques Cousteau, he, you know, he definitely played and, and, and Lloyd Bridges with sea hunt definitely yes. played major roles in my, you know, desire and interest in, in the underwater stuff. And, um, and luckily enough in high school, I, um, uh, met up through, um, uh, through an organization with a guy that, that did, uh, he was a stringer for, uh, several, um, uh, magazines, including geographic and, and he oh, specialized wow. underwater. He was a marine biologist oh, and that's cool. uh, he was working on his PhD at, um, at the college, uh, at Florida Atlantic university. And I was in high school right down the street from Florida Atlantic university. So I, I got to help him some and, and, and help him with equipment and stuff. And, then started taking my own underwater pictures. And, um, one thing led to another and I, I sh- shot a lot of underwater pictures and, and started to get some recognition for them even before I got out of high school. And,
0: wow! and,
1: and, and then, then, uh, um, I, I met a, a person who, uh, who came up to me and said, I understand you take underwater pictures. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we'd like to buy some underwater pictures. And he, he owned this this company called the Shell Factory, which was huh. this big, massive tourist place in Florida that that um, uh, that sold all kinds of shells and various tourist junk to people coming to Florida. <laughs> it was this massive, <laughs> massive uh, uh, place, and wow. there I think in Fort Myers, Florida. And so they bought a bunch of my pictures and and uh, put them in those strips that you could buy. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you go to tourist places and you buy these strips of slides. And so that was kind of my first published pictures. That is so cool. And um, (laughs) and one day he said, Hey, have you ever shot movies? And I said, no, I've never, never shot movies. He said, well, we, we want to do an underwater TV commercial for the shell factory. And, and um, I'm going to introduce you to the art director for the AR agency. That's, uh, that's handling the, the thing, because they tried to book, um, uh, of all people, Al Giddings, who's kind of the father of underwater photography, <laughs> and <laughs> and and another hero for me, and and he's too busy, and
0: sure. and I said,
1: well, I've never, I've never, you know, shot a, uh, you know, have never, <laughs> I've never done this before, <laughs> never done that before, and he goes, yeah, but you're a diver and you shoot these great still pictures, I bet you can, and I said, well. <laughs> Um, so the ad agency kind of rolled their eyes and, um, uh, and said, well, I'll tell you what, how, how about if you go down to the Florida Keys and we'll cover your expenses and, and we'll give you a list of things, little things we want you to shoot and let's see how you do. And I went, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> that so, works.
1: So, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm a high school kid, but I had an old Volkswagen van. I threw all my dive gear in there and, um, and I went down and I had met a guy that I used to – I used to go to the Keys quite a bit to go diving with a friend of mine. And I'd, I'd met a guy that owned a dive shop down there who had retired from the, from the Navy when he was 38. He went in when he was 18, did his 20 years, and he was um, in the UDT, which is the underwater demolition team oh, wow. for the But he owned this dive shop called Key Largo Dive Headquarters in Key Largo, Florida. And I went there and I'd been diving and been filling tanks there you know, since I was much younger and went down there a lot in high school, all through high school and always stopped there in tanks and stuff. And he knew I had an interest in underwater photography. So I called him up and I said, (laughs) his name was Bill. I said, Bill, I said, so this is what's happened. And I told him and he said, you bring their camera and, and, uh, (laughs) and the housing you had made for it. And you come on down here and you and I'll go out and I'm going to show you how to do this. Oh, that's awesome. and I said, great. <laughs> well, I packed up all the stuff. I went down there, went out on the boat with him, and we shot all this test footage and took it back to the agency, and they went, wow. Well, we'd like to hire you to shoot these commercials. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm <laughs> 17 years old, you know? And, That's amazing. Um, so I, I called Bill, and he said, good. We have a gig together. So uh, now he that's what he did in the udt he Mm. he was their camera person so he knew a lot about he'd shot a lot of film underwater so without him this would have been a disaster and um and uh so we went out and you know it was just cheesecake stuff with you know uh pretty models in bikinis swimming down underwater on the, in the <laughs> coral reefs of florida and they we had placed all these props that they had given us these giant pacific clams you know shells wow. just Underwater with oh. a big the big shell collecting bucket with the shell factory's name on it and oh these my goodness these, Beautiful models would swim down and pick up this perfectly polished shell, which, of course, you never find. It <laughs> doesn't <apart>. exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. And they'd put it in the basket and smile at the camera. I mean, it was so cheesy. It was unbelievable. And, and uh, But the agency loved it. And um, wow. they ran these commercials on TV. And God knows, I don't know if it hurt their business or helped them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that's how it all started for me really that was that's the so beginning cool. of the beginning and um and I just kept on in college I had to satisfy my um, uh, my my father passed on when I was very young he was already mm. gone by the time I was 16 but oh, my wow. mother my mother um uh, had this ri- very rigid idea of what I was going to do in life and understood <laughs> where I was going to go and how I was going to do it. And of course, photography played no role in any of that. And um, because then I would be like my crazy uncle. And <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was determined to actually be like my crazy uncle. And That's so um, um, I did have a very keen interest in biology and marine biology and stuff. So, um, uh, it was a good ruse for me to be able to tell my mom when I went to college that I was a biology major and a chemistry minor. What <laughs> she didn't know was my other minor was photography and art. Nice, <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so I did that. And by the time I was a sophomore, I had, I had been shooting, um, I went to school in Florida at a university called Stetson University. It's the oldest university in Florida. And, wow. and it's, a, it's about 18 miles from Daytona Beach. So um, okay. imagine it's a good place to go to college <laughs> <and> for some <laughs> things, you know. Um, but one of them for me was the fact that there's the Daytona racetrack there. And I got invited to um, to uh, go as an intern uh, for the Associated Press and shoot, um, a race. And I, you know, I was, uh, I shot pictures for the, you know, college publications and stuff like that while I was in, in school. And, uh, and I knew, um, one of the main photographers at the, um, at the, uh, the Daytona Beach paper. And he arranged for me to do this. And I met the bureau chief from the AP, um, who was, would always be at those races from Miami, the Miami office oh, wow. Cover, covered the races. So he invited me to come and shoot as an intern. And lo and behold, the first race I shot, I got, I, they put they, of course, they put me on the, on what they call the dud corner where nothing's going to happen. Right. They, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, there's four corners on a track and there's certain places in a racetrack where the action most happens and all the top photographers want those slots. Oh. They want in there, so they put me in the worst possible place. Lovely, <laughs> but, but, but lo and behold, uh, you know, right there in the worst possible place you could be, a major accident took place wow. in the in oh, the wow. Daytona 500, <laughs> and um, um, and 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 I, you know, w- was shooting, and I just shot you the were whole. Right thing. there, it was right there. Got the whole thing. The papers, the the uh, pictures went all over the world and and hit the front page of papers oh man and so the AP um then made me a an official stringer (laughs) oh wow (laughs) and so I started working for them out of the Miami office um um you know through college and shooting motorsports and then they expanded my horizons into golf and tennis and um nice uh, and so, and, and, and so I it was a great, uh, income for me while I was in, in college. And then there's kind of a funny story. They called me up one day and said, um, we, we have a little unusual assignment for you. And I said, "And I'm, you have to remember this is, um, this is in, uh, you know, like, uh, 1972, hmm. 73, 72, I think. Gotcha. And, and uh, and so uh, we're just coming out of the 60s. I had kind of long hair. I was very rebellious. <laughs> um, and uh, um, they said that the Ku Klux Klan was having a very large rally in Florida, not far from where I was in school. And they wanted me to cover it. Oh, wow. And, and I went, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and no, they kidding. said, I don't look. I I don't think they'll be too happy about having me there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is the truth.
1: (laughs) And they said, well, you know, it's a funny thing about being a stringer and working in news. You kind of have to do what we tell you to do if you want. Right. So I said, okay. So I went. (laughs) Oh boy. It was an experience. No doubt. An experience. Um, and because I had press credentials on and stuff, nobody, you know, bothered me or held me down and cut my hair or anything <laughs> bad like that. But, um, uh, I certainly got a lot of comments and, uh, um, but no, I, yeah, I shot pictures and, and, and at that point I went, you know, um, I really, I really, uh, I really like doing this. I really like exploring life with a camera and, sure. uh. Um, and so I just kept on. And, um, although I, I, graduated with a degree in biology, um, uh, I did have a minor in photography and, um, and, and worked with, um, uh, a renowned watercolorist who was also a very avid photographer and was a student of Jerry Yulesman, who was mm. famous black and white oh, wow. photographer. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, um, and kind of learned the craft from him and he did a lot of commercial work and fashion work and stuff and I would work with him and then actually went after graduating from school and lived with him for six months in, in, uh, in, at his home in Missouri and, uh, um, and uh, you know, kind of apprenticed with him. And, um, uh, and, and so that's kind of where it all started for me. And, and then from there, I, I went on and, um, started s- exploring film more and worked as a, hmm. as a production assistant and film loader for, um, a TV series, uh, called the outdoorsman TV series. Huh. And, yeah. And, and then went on and did, um, the sports of field television series with the same, um, the same production company. Uh, and during that time, <clears throat> um, eh, during one of the shoots, uh, one of the cinematographers that was on the shoot got hurt and they put me behind the camera and, oh, wow. Um, and when the footage got back, the, the, uh, uh, the, the chief, um, uh, the lead editor, uh, told the producer said, Keep that guy shooting. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and uh, um, and that was kind of the start of my sojourn as a cameraman and uh, shooting film. And um, uh, and after a couple of years with the TV series, things had slowed down. They they weren't getting the ratings that mm-hmm. they had been getting, and and so they were cutting expenses. And um, my shooting ratios were a little high. Um, what does they, that mean?
0: For those who don't know the lingo.
1: We shot film and every um, there's a shooting ratio as to what you shoot and what goes in the film and how much gets cut. And if your shooting ratio is too high, it's expensive. You know, it adds expense. And so they they want people that can be parsimonious with how they shoot. Sure. uh, Because it saves it saves money. Sure. And it's the time with the editor and everything else. But I was young and inexperienced and sure. um, um, it didn't hadn't really mastered the art of telling a story, um, which you really count on the director and producer to do that yeah. anyway. But nonetheless, in, in a small crew shooting that kind of uh, television, um, the person behind the camera also made a lot of decisions that could affect how much film was actually shot. Gotcha. And I wasn't doing... Uh, you know it was fine in the heyday when there was plenty of money, but when the money started drying up the, yeah. it was so the producer told me that he um that he was going to uh, make me come back in from being in the field and uh, work with the uh, the lead editor as as an assistant, and he was only going to pay me half what I was making in the field oh, dear. and um and I could either take it or leave it and I, at first, I was upset and angry. And then I thought about it and some little voice in my head said, this is an opportunity. And <laughs> so, and this, this editor, his name was Mike Palma. He was, he was a chain smoker and I hated smoke. <laughs> so I'd be <laughs> locked up in this little room with Mike breathing his secondhand oh, smoke no. all night long. And I'm a morning person, not a night person. Mike was a night person and he'd work all night. Oh, and, no. So it was the worst possible thing that could happen to me. But <laughs> what happened in that editing room where I would just sync up dailies for him, where you'd sync the sound mm. and the and the uh, uh, and the picture and um, and stuff? That's all I did was uh, worked on a Steenbeck syncing mm. up picture. Um, the one thing that happened is is that when I got all the reels sunk up and stuff, is is that I got to sit next to him and watch. Oh and wow. And, um, and he taught me how to tell a story and, um, that's cool. and, and how to cut a story. And, and he, and, and I would learn from everybody else's mistakes. All the people that were shooting stuff would come in and he'd go, look what this idiot did. Why didn't he get this shot? We need this shot. Where's this shot? How <laughs> come he come? And, uh, uh, and so that's was the education I got in how to edit and, and, and actually then started Editing rough cuts with him and stuff. So in that six months, I I learned how to tell a story. Number one, and he said, "What's going to happen here when is when if you're lucky enough and they put you back out in the field, you're going to shoot in the camera. You're going to edit in the camera."
0: Oh man, that's awesome.
1: That's going to cut your your shooting ratios yeah. in half. And um, um, and so and he was right. That's what happened. And. Um and so, do
0: you think a lot of um cameramen have sort of taken the time to sit down with editors and and learn their job, or is that something that kind of uniquely happened to you? It uniquely
1: happened to me. I think that that's cool. Independent filmmakers do that. Sure. I think they still they they have to cut, and they usually cut their own stuff. Gotcha. So they they see their own mistakes. (laughs) What they missed, and of course. If you have to go back and, you know, whether it's, you know, that kind of television filming or whether it's on a feature film, which I moved on to later, it it's expensive when you have to do pickup shots. Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt. It, oh. It's expensive. It doesn't matter how big the studio is. They don't like it. And um, mm. and it always happens. There's always something that gets missed. Yeah. But, but the better the DP is and the better the director is, um, the less of that happens. Sure. And That's um cool. and so it's a well worthwhile educational mm-hmm. path for people to do that to really learn how to edit whether you ever want to be an editor or not. Um sure. uh to learn how to edit and actually cut stories and then if shooting is your thing then you'll be a much better shooter. That's cool. Uh, and um so it was an opportunity for me that happened early on. I'm now in my um, you know, young twenties. And, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. um, and, and, and I, all of those things I still carry with me today. I mean, that's where I learned, that's where I learned how to put a story together. And, and, and when you know how to put a story together, you know how to put shots together. Absolutely. And if you know how to put shots together, it doesn't really matter whether it's animation or, or, uh, live action or sure. whatever it is, you know, what needs to happen. You know, what yeah. frame you know what what the transition needs to be. That's so cool. Anyway, um, uh, you know, so so those lessons are things that you know I've carried on, and I'm you know, right now on the you know I'm getting ready to retire. You know, I want to sure. uh, move on to a, a different phase of my life. I'm sixty, going on sixty five here mm-hmm. shortly, and uh, um, but. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, what I find, you know, my son is, you know, he's taking photography classes in high school and he has some interest in it and, and, and has done some movie making with his friends and, you know, every kid's a movie, you know, <coughs> producer today with their iPhone That's or their, true. Or their phone. <laughs> and, and they, they make some pretty amazing stuff actually. Yeah. And, but one thing that they, they, because they think differently we had to think in a linear fashion because we had to cut that way when you're cutting film. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like nonlinear editing where you can just put stuff anywhere and and, and move it around. You have to sure. you have to in a linear manner. Today that's gone away, which is great. I think that what they have available today is the tools that are available are freaking amazing. Yeah. And and it allows people creative thought isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily happen in a linear way. And
0: that's true, that's a good point.
1: It doesn't matter whether you're doing you know, virtual reality or augmented reality or, or live action photography or whatever it is you're doing. Your brain fires off so many signals so fast that it, you, can't even, you can't even keep up with it yourself. And, That's a good point. <laughs> and, and, and so um, being able to function um, on a palette where you can go anywhere with anything and do anything you want in an instant frees up amazing, amazing amount of creative horsepower. And so these kids today have that at their fingertips. And and I enjoy using it too. But one thing that they, they, the mistake that they do make, because they don't, they haven't spent the time to really learn how to craft Mm. story. And so I see people shoot ratios with video you know these digital cameras at 100 and 200 to 1 oh my oh, yeah. <laughs> no. and so what happens is is that of course when you go to try to make something out of that you bury yeah. you bury yourself yeah, yeah. I, I see my son he goes off on a skiing trip or whatever snowboarding trip and he shoots all this you know hours and hours and hours of footage and i and i say now distill that down to a a, a fast-paced fun cut that's a minute and a half and his eyes roll into the back of his head because he's got he's got 300 hours of stuff oh my goodness overwhelming and and so you know that's one of the drawbacks to the digital world that's a really good point and, and so, of course, the, 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 the hardware manufacturers that make hard drives love it. You know? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> because they just keep selling you big, more and bigger yeah. hard drives, more and bigger <laughs> cards, you know. <laughs> um, and, and then what happens to all that stuff? It's like a library with no um, card catalog. It means nothing. You could just burn yes. the book because nobody <laughs> can find anything, right? Oh, my
0: goodness. That's and, a very, very excellent point. <laughs> oh,
1: and, man. And so so that's 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 what happens. And that's what's missing today. Yes, mm. the kids are very creative. Yes, they come up with amazing things. Yes, they do amazing physical feats with these cameras. Yes. And, and 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 the footage is amazing. It's so cool. But when you say let's make a story out of it, mm. right? They it 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 gets bogged down. And so you don't it's true. You don't see that many great stories coming out of that. You see mm-hmm. great clips, mm-hmm. but you don't see a lot of great stories. You see you see moments, you know, yeah. that wow you, you know, and they string a lot of those moments together. But what's the story? It's mm-hmm. very, it's very uh, uh, disjointed. And, um, and I, and, yeah. and, and so it's satisfying on a visual sense, but that's it. Hmm. It doesn't satisfy curiosity, it doesn't satisfy intellect. it doesn't satisfy um, uh, it doesn't satisfy anything deeper than wow hmm. and um, and that wow only lasts for seconds yes. and and then it's gone, right yeah, And then absolutely. you hey, so what did that what happened to that person that you saw upside down in the air and you know, uh, going off this cliff? What? What? How did they get there? <laughs> yes. What caused them to be able to check their brains at the door and <laughs> jump off the cliff on their snowboard like that? Yes. You know, and and live and live to tell about it. I mean, <laughs> that that's an amazing feat. You know, there's no shortage of skill that it took to do that. You know, and so that that's where you start to find the story, and that. I think for not just me, I think for anybody is fascinating. Yes. You know that's fascinating. It's like you asking me, tell me about the back history, where you came from, yes. you know, and it's the same thing because it's part of a story. And, and so if kids really want to explore what with the tools that are at their fingertips mm-hmm. with with virtual reality, with augmented reality, which I personally think is, is the, is the future yeah. um, uh, with, with digital photography, digital filmmaking, writing, you know, I, I, you know, I have, I have a cousin who, who's an, e- who's an editor for All magazine. And, and I remember her telling me that when people first got word processors, you know, everybody, yeah. be- everybody became a writer. <laughs> Everybody was a writer. And and she said, she told me, she said that I, I would have this, the, the stack of tr- manuscripts that sat on my desk that I had to go through, which had already been whittled down, you know. But yes. all that happened with the word processor is that stack got five times oh. higher, okay? The amount that got published, the good stuff, the really good stuff, the amount didn't change at all hmm. because the good writers – there's only so many of them, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> right? Just because you bought the word processor does not mean you know how to write a story. Yes. Right? You know how to type. You can type 60 words a minute. Great. You'll be a great, <laughs> you know, transcriptionist. But but just because you have the word processor and you can type 60 words a minute doesn't mean you can write a novel or a magazine article. Absolutely not. Yeah. You yeah. have to know how to tell a story <laughs> and the world of communication depends on stories. Mm. And I don't care whether it's virtual reality, augmented reality, feature films, television, or ma- print magazine or newspaper. It doesn't matter. That's what makes the world go around. And that's, <laughs> that's, what makes, awesome. that's what makes, makes people look at material, go to the movies, pick up a novel and read it, read a magazine article, read a book, mm. A uh, an article on on uh, Netscape, on the AOL news, you know. Sure. And so communication, the essence of being able to tell a story is the heart of communication.
0: That's, and, yeah, that's such a great point. And if, if there's somebody that's listening and that's kind of resonating with them, and they think, you know what, I feel like I am a weak storyteller. Maybe they have an eye for photography or, or something. They have some skill, but they feel like they're really lacking in the storytelling department, if you will. What, what do you think are some actionable things they can do, well, uh, maybe it, on their own to become a better storyteller?
1: There, there are things you can do. And it's, and I'll tell you, you know, um, um, was it, I think it was Rod Stewart that did the song, Every Picture Tells a Story. Mm,
0: yes.
1: You can check that, but I think it was Rod Stewart. And um, and and that song is so true. Every picture tells a story, and and so you the difference between a real photograph and a and and uh, and a snapshot is a story. That's the difference. If you look if you look through you go and and, and go online and you can find the best new best news photographs of the week or the month. And, and just sit there and look at them and, and, and ask yourself every, everyone that comes up on the screen, what's the story in that picture? And I guarantee you, you'll see it if it's a good picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's a snapshot, there's no story because it's just a slice of life that meant something to some person at that moment. And, 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 and hence that's where the whole thing came with home movies, you know, Yes. Home movies, unless, unless you know, your father was uh, Jim Cameron or somebody that would take home movies on, on the day. <laughs> I'm sure Jim's home movies are fascinating, you know. Yes. But, but most people's home movies, it's all you can do to get through five minutes of them, you know. Yes. Or because it means something to them and to mm. – if there's people that were in, in that yeah. scene – Watching it it means something to them because they were there and they shared a moment. So that is their story. Definitely. But there's no story for anybody else. It's boredom. That's all that <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to be crass. You no, know, it's the truth. <laughs> but, but it is the truth. And and so the 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 actionable things that a person can do is to analyze when they when whether they're making a film or whether they're you know, taking a picture or whether they're writing crafting words mm. is to look at it and go, how am I affecting my viewer with what I'm saying, what they're seeing, or whatever? And is there a story there? And how, if there isn't, how do I craft it so that there is? Sure. So, so you you need to have paid attention in ninth grade English class. <laughs> that's that's where you start to learn how to write and yes. how to construct a sentence, yes. right? And and the sentence is is the is the uh, precursor to the paragraph, and the paragraph is the precursor, you know, to um, to to the story, and and you need a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and the beginning needs to have something that makes the viewer want to look at it yes. or read, it, right? Yeah. And th- then it's got to maintain interest, and that gets hard today because people's uh attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter yeah. um and so you know you you know i i think you know they they moved my son's in high school and they they've moved the 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 uh, the high school day into more to match a college curriculum mm-hmm. in, he's at a in the college prep school type wow. situation and so their classes are an hour and a half long
0: oh my sounds intense but,
1: can you imagine with a 16 no. or, or 14 year old today with a teacher in front of the class having to maintain that level of interest for an hour uh, and a half in the I way really they can the way they think it, it, it's like, are you kidding me? You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm lucky if I can keep him focused for 10 minutes, you know, unless <laughs> unless it's something that really interests him, yes. you know, yeah, and. And so, so it becomes challenging and that's why you're seeing everything so fractured on the web and stuff. Mm. It's all done in the flash of the moment. And, and I think that we're losing something because I don't think we're going forward. I agree. I think we're going backwards and I don't know where it will stop. Mm. Um, I don't know where it will stop. You know, how many Hemingways have we had since, since Mm. Hemingway? A Mm. handful? You know, yeah, yeah, and and yet with the mass proliferation of of uh, computers and tablets and phones that you can do anything with and and cameras, how many Jim Camerons do we have out there? You know, mm. ten or twelve. You know, yeah. uh, not not many. You no. think you think that it would have expanded hugely because of the technology, but it hasn't. Yeah, right. And why hasn't it? And I don't think we're we're doing a service to the young people that should start to fill those shoes, that should start to become the artist that will make the next century, right? That will be the Hemingways, that will be the Jim Camerons, that will be whatever. I don't I think we're doing them a disservice by allowing, you know, this to go on, ad nauseum. And and because you, you, yes, you can get the fix with a great virtual reality, you know, uh, experience. Hmm. You you can get a fix for it, you know, but did it really stimulate you intellectually? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, no, I don't think it does.
0: I think, yeah, virtual reality, we have people coming, you know, to talk to us all the time about it and they, they are so lost in terms of how to tell a story. And, um, yeah, for the most part, it's extremely shallow and gimmicky at this point, at least you're right
1: right right so how do you take an art form which that will become and yeah. move it you know make it turn it in turn it into a hemingway novel mm. you know th- that is full of color and yes. and contrast and um uh and and depth of emotion mm. you know by just a handful of words that you see on a page and suddenly you have tears in your eyes. How does that happen? Yeah. How does yeah. that happen? Or you see a scene in a movie and you're reaching for your handkerchief. You can't help yourself yes. you're, because it touches you emotionally. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is the essence of good communication. Hmm. That's what changes the world. That's what changes your viewer. That's what makes people's opinions go in a different direction. And 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 so, you know, it's um, it's I think we're doing we're doing young people and and the world a disservice by not finding a way to engage kids on a level that actually expands their intellect and causes them to challenge that and to be able to and to be able to create emotion. Um, yeah. and, and I don't mean, um, I, I don't mean, um, um, knee jerk reaction. I mean, true sure. emotion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Make them feel and something. Be, because what you get in virtual reality is, is knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And, and, um, you get a flash in the pan mm-hmm. and, um, and, and literally, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it's a literary one night stand is yes, what is the truth. Yeah. And, 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 so, uh, how do you change that? And, and, and I think you slow things down. You actually, um, you, you know, you actually take all the time that you need in an English class and in, in high school to read a book mm. and, and take it apart. And, um, um, and you, you, find ways to engage kids that will allow them to expand their attention span rather than, than truncate it. Yes. And, um, and I think parents can do that. Um, the truth. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so but all of us are guilty, um, of falling into that trap because the, 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 you know, the, the, whether it's in advertising, whether it's um, whether it's in what we watch on television, um, um, you know, video games, you know, all all of that, you know, causes us to I mean, I, I watch I watch kids walking to the high school and there's a, a pack of kids got to be eight kids, six kids in a group. Nobody's talking to one another. They're all got their phones in front yeah. of them, yeah. texting they may be texting the person right next to them. <laughs> that's and that's, that's so scary. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it, is. it is. So I embrace things like what the coffee shops in New York City are now doing because people would come in and camp out on the internet, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're turning off the free internet. That's and, great. <laughs> and they're actually putting, they give you signs that you can put on your table that with topics. Like, have a seat. Let's have a conversation. I don't know you, but... Have a seat. Let's talk to, to one another. Have other. to
0: teach people how to talk again.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you how great that is. It's awesome. But, um, you know that's that's just so amazing. It's like okay, you know all the all the bistros in New York City are going. Oh, you know what? We're going to take a step back because it was killing our business. Yes. You know, somebody would come in get get a three dollar cup of coffee and sit there for four hours. Yeah. Uh, occupying space yeah. on the internet, not talking to anybody, not doing anything. Hmm. So, what some of the results are? Some some of the coffee shops have done this. Who so say their business is up? That people actually come in, they use the signs, and strangers start talking to one another so and great. communicating. And like, gee, you know, there is only one race in the world. That's true. And that's the human race, right? <laughs> yeah. Part of the same tragedy. <laughs> 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 you know. And, and, and we, you know, life is a tragedy. It is. It, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and yes, there are great magical moments in it, but the tragedy is you're born and you die. You're going to die. <laughs> yep. You know, that's what happens. Yeah. So get over it, you know, and in between make it wonderful, right? Yes. You're yes. going to have some bad experiences, but overall make it wonderful and you make it wonderful by talking to somebody. <laughs> you know, having
0: an actual relationship. Yes,
1: exactly. And so, so if you can do that as a family and teachers can do that in the classroom, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. instead of trying to, instead of trying to answer to what, to what the brave new world tells us we should be doing, right? Yeah. You know, just ignore it. You know, you, you have a president that's so yeah. focused on how many people showed up at my inauguration. Who gives a damn? You're the president of the United States. What difference would it make yeah. if people showed up? Yeah. It makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Just get on with it. Do your job. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? But the news yeah. media, the news media wants us to focus on that. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm not trying to defend Donald Trump. I, I have my issues with the man, but <laughs> it's it's the it's it is the the essence of uh, of it's a perfect example of what's happened with the world. Mm-hmm. And so I turn on my computer because, because I I do believe in the digital media leverage that I don't have to go out and buy a newspaper that I can read sure. the New York times on my computer. I, I think that that's an advance. I think getting, you know, not cutting down all those trees and all of that stuff to mm-hmm. print paper every day and then goes in the trash and, yeah. you know, Clean your windows with it, maybe, but you know that it, I think that's that's progress. Yeah, yeah. But what it's what what I read or what I listen to is not progress. You know, it's like it's it's, uh, you it's know, like a you know
0: pendulum don't, swing in the wrong direction. There's no balance going on.
1: It is, but it you know it's all driven by what somebody says that's going to sell. Yeah, that's going to get us more eyeballs than something else. You know, I mean, the the thing that for sure gets my eyeballs every morning on the Internet is the little thing that they do called honest to pause. And it's it's funny videos about little animals because it makes (laughs) me laugh. And I love to start my day laughing. Right. Yes. That's how I I, you know, it it, something's wrong. If I can't see something or hear something or read something that makes me laugh, it just if I do that, it. It, the day takes on a, a whole different attitude for yes. me and if i don't that's do it point. things go south from there and <laughs> and um and and so i try to do that every morning you know to find something that's going to make me laugh the world's full of bad news right that's and true. and um uh, and, and so you know it, it it's like god i just want to i just want to like see some funny animals doing something <laughs> and and yeah. laugh about it yes. <laughs> just want to you know? see some cats. <laughs> yeah, some cat I don't care. It mm-hmm. cats yes. dogs, whatever but they do crazy things and and because everybody's got a, a phone and everybody's photographing all the time, you see amazing pictures. Now. True. <laughs> and those pictures they tell a story because mm-hmm. they're funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they they hit me emotionally. They make me laugh. Mm-hmm. And that changes how I perceive the rest of the day. <laughs> so 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 Um, it's little things like that, but I would encourage people to, to walk away from their, you know, their digital media some and, and, or if you're using, using it for, uh, you know, to read your books, that's fine. I I, see, again, I think that the concept of the digital media is a, is, is a a progressive thing and it is a good, I can read a book now if I don't know a, a book, I don't know a vocabulary word. i one I don't happen to know, I, I touch it and bingo, comes right up mm-hmm. and it tells me the meaning of that word. That's amazing. Now, yeah. that saves me so much time from when I used to have to go, uh, go pull the dictionary off the shelf and find it in the dictionary and read it and then get going again. You know, now it's instantaneous and that's progress. That's yes. progress. Yeah. And that's harnessing technology for good. Absolutely. Uh, that, that process. I try to show my kid, look, you're reading a book. Read it on, on your iPad because you can take notes and you don't even have to write them you hit the little the little microphone button and you just verbalize them and it creates a written document for you to go back it's amazing and it is amazing it's like technology is is allowing you to, to to harness that that ability so quickly and easily and 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 then when you don't know a word bingo you just hit it and you got the definition and, and then if you want to remember that word, create a sentence and say it with the word in it yes. and go, guess what? Now you, you have a new vocabulary. Word. <laughs> and,
0: I've expanded and, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, so, um, uh, so, so that's the, those are the things that you should be doing. And, um, uh, and, 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 and I, and I guess I would say, which I have, I fight with my own kid over this all the time is read, read, mm. read. You know, don't stop reading, Hmm. you know, to, to just sit in front of passive entertainment and listen to what somebody else thinks you should be watching or listening to will totally atrophy your brain. Hmm. Your brain is a muscle. And if you don't use that muscle and exercise it, it will atrophy. And I, I think we'll see, I honestly think we'll see Alzheimer's becoming uh, a problem Hmm. and dementia becoming a problem at earlier ages now.
0: Yeah. That doesn't surprise but, me, yeah.
1: Because we don't engage. We it's, don't engage. And and um, and that muscle is going to atrophy. And so, um, uh, and, and then just like any muscle, it's like a couch potato. The hardest mm-hmm. thing for a couch potato is to start exercising, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Once you start, it's not as hard to keep going. But getting up off the couch and starting is the hard part. Yeah, and it's the same thing with your brain. If you don't exercise it for years, the hardest part is starting to exercise it yeah. again, because it goes, huh, what is this? <laughs> right? And and um, uh, and so you you need to, d- d- you know, I mean, I, I watch my wife does crossword puzzles all the time. Every night before she goes to bed, That's she great. does crossword puzzles, you know, in the morning she wakes up on the weekend. She does a crossword puzzle. And and again, those little things, they seem ridiculous or playing Scrabble with friends, you know um, uh, word, words with friends. That's a great program it is, yes. because it, it not, number one, you're con you're in contact with somebody mm-hmm. could be somebody around the world and you're challenging each other. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, um, and, and what you're challenging each other to do is to think <laughs> <It> doesn't, really, <laughs> doesn't really matter who wins or loses because everybody wins, you know,
0: that's true. And,
1: um, uh, and so, and if you want to, If you want to be a better tennis player, the best thing to do is play tennis with somebody that's better than you. Yes. Right. Because you'll be a better tennis player. If you just play with people worse than you and you win all the time, you'll feel great. You'll go, oh, God, I'm so good. Until you play somebody that's really good. (laughs) Then you get your ass kicked. Right. And it's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in life. So you try to seek out you try to seek out people that do what you want to do that are better than you. Okay. Okay. And you, you listen to what they say and you mimic what they do and you practice and you practice and you practice and you engage. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? All of a sudden you're as good as they are. And Mm -hmm. then what happens is it's, it's, it's a responsibility that as an adult and you age that we have this responsibility and our responsibility is to get people not only to our level, but then give them the encouragement so they get better than us. Hmm. So they do things better. That's why the world advances. Yes. That's why first we got people into space. Then we got people on the moon. And now we're talking about putting people on Mars. That's, yes. that's how that happens. That's a good point. And, and so, you know, it, it's a, there's a responsibility that every adult has to share hmm. what they know. Hmm. If you don't, if you become just an isolated entity and you don't share yes. it with anybody, all your experience and what you know, then as far as I'm concerned, you have failed as a human yes. being. Yes. It, you have failed. You're going to go to your grave as a failure. And I don't care yes. how much money you made. I don't care how rich you are. You're a failure. If you didn't, mm-hmm. if you didn't help disseminate that knowledge to other people and offer encouragement to be mm-hmm. better than you were right? That's beautiful. I love it. That's all I got to say, (laughs) Hannah.
0: That's that's so good. I love it. I think, too, I love working with um, high school students. I actually studied to be a secondary education teacher, and I think sometimes they're under this impression that they have to just figure it out on their own and they, they can't reach out for help, but they can't, or it intimidates them. And they're afraid to reach out to someone who may be a few years down the road, you know, on the path that they are hoping to pursue. That's such a great point because when, when I've had high school kids reach out to me for help, there's nothing that's more fulfilling. And you know, of course, initially it may seem like, Oh goodness, I don't know if I have time to take this on, but it is so incredibly fulfilling. And Um, So many good things come out of that. I think for both parties, that's, that's such a beautiful point. I love it, John. It's beautiful. Um, So going back to your, your kind of days in in the wildlife photography and videography, um, how did things, I I love the fact that you, you've never stopped learning and you've always kind of just kept grabbing onto everything that came your way. Um, How did your career kind of evolve from there?
1: Well, once you know once i um, well first of all a uh, little kind of a funny anecdote uh, my my mother who's now passed on as well but but she went to her grave asking me the question when are you john when are you going to get a real job <laughs> okay and and i said but but i have a real job <laughs> well no i mean a real job where you're going to do something you know that's that's it's like what you're supposed to do yeah well, define what you're supposed to do. You know, (laughs) we would have this discussion and it always became circular and it never went anywhere. Right. (laughs) Until she finally would just give up and, uh, um, and, you know, wander, you know, but, but um, I, I said, I don't know how, what, what, what's your measure of success? Is it, is it money? Cause I've made plenty of money. I have a, you know, house that's paid for, it overlooks the Pacific ocean. I've, I've made money. That's success. Okay. <laughs> so, so, but, um, uh, I, I, you know, I have a family and a great son and a great wife and you know, that's success. What, so how do you measure, how do you, you know, what yeah. do you mean a real job? What real job? Because I get a fixed paycheck at the end of every week and I do something I might not like doing. And, and I, but I go to an office every day and, uh, and I'm miserable. Um, but I have a 401k with that company. And by God, when I, you know, <laughs> after I get to be 65 and I retire, I'll have a heart attack next year and I'll be dead. I mean, what? Live in the <laughs> dream. Yeah. Live in the dream. <laughs> no, what, what, you know what how do you answer that question or yeah. how do you respond to that? So I quietly went off and kind of did my own thing and 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 there were some rough times. There were times sure. where I thought I was sure I had made a mistake. Yeah. Um, uh, I was sure that that you know I would never in my life could have accomplished what I've accomplished and mm. gotten to where I am. Mm. Um, uh, there were many times when I thought that would never happen. Um, but the one thing that I did learn, um, was to, to, it's the, it's always to seize an opportunity, Hmm. whatever, or how small or whatever that is, seize the opportunity. Hmm. Even if, even if it costs you, if it's an opportunity to learn something, seize it. Hmm. And, um, um, and, and, and even if you don't know exactly what that knowledge is going to be used for, if you, if you just have some, well, the other thing that you have to get in tune to is, is, um, is your own, um, your own ability to, um, uh, to have a hunch, hmm.
0: just,
1: you know, it, it, it's not like you're clairvoyant or anything, but you have a hunch. Sure. You, You know, it's intuition that comes from the universe. The universe gives you intuition. And if you're only if you're listening, do you hear it? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, there's so much noise, you don't hear it. Yeah. You're you're too busy listening to somebody else yammering at you in the classroom or your parents lecturing you or whatever. (laughs) And you don't ever, you don't ever really connect with the, with the information that's available from the universe to you. Sure. I, I was very lucky again in college. I had a friend that said, John, you're, you're way too intense. You know, you're, you're going to miss things being so intense and I still fight with it. But the way, the way they suggested that I deal with it was to go take a class in the psychology department in meditation. Oh, nice. So so I did that. I went, you know, maybe they're right. And I, so I did that and and I've been meditating ever since. So I've been that's meditating crazy. since I was 20 years old or awesome. 19. And and what a difference it has made in my life because, yes. you know, a lot of people are very religious and I'm not very religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not very religious. Mm-hmm. But but the the difference between, and people say, well, I go to church and I pray. Well, that's great. But my understanding, and I grew up in the Episcopal church and was an altar boy. So I've had sure. my full share of organized religion, but- but praying, it always seemed to me that when you're praying, you're asking for something, mm-hmm. right? And so if you go through life asking for things all the time, I, you know, help me do this. Help me be a better person. Uh, you know, protect my family. do, You know, all these things that you ask for in your prayers. And you're praying mm-hmm. to some entity that most people assume is God. And so you're – but you're asking all the time. So with meditation, it's kind of the – it's kind of diametrically opposed to that. Sure. It's it's like shut up and listen, you know, <laughs> yes. shut up and listen, because <laughs> things will come to you. The yes. universe will actually talk to you. You have, <laughs> yes. you have an energy. You are an energy field amongst many other energy fields. Mm. And if you give them a chance to interact, you'll get information. Don't even question where it comes from doesn't matter if you want to, if you want to say it's from God, great, let it be from God. It doesn't matter, Hmm. but you'll get insight and you will have, um, you, you will begin to get intuition. And when you're listening and you hear that intuition, pay attention, pay attention. So when an opportunity comes up and your intuition tells you it's an opportunity, seize it, Hmm. seize it. Don't, Don't wait. Don't question. Just do it. Go for it. I love that because, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah. realize it for 20 years. Hmm. But that moment, that moment has some relative importance to your energy field. So seize it. Just go and, for it, yeah. And, and and so I've kind of practiced that. And for sure, and, well, yeah. And largely it came, it came from meditating hmm. and, 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 meditating is like shooting baskets. The more you do it, the better you get at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, and so it, a lot of people I talk to, they go, Oh, I wish I could meditate. You know, I know I see you meditate, you close your door, you put the sign on the door. It says out for four, for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, you know, and, and you, you, you meditate and then you 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 come out like it looks like you just got up in the morning and washed your face <laughs> and and and, and yes. I try that I try it I read mm-hmm. the books on and I try it and I just can't quiet my mind. Well it doesn't happen in the first time. Yeah. And it takes practice. Yes. It's a worthwhile endeavor. And you'll Absolutely. find you'll find the the people that uh, that have a boundless energy Amazing insight, lots of intuition. They're <laughs> meditators. we yes. will find out they're meditators. Yes, you can That's spot a them. Point. You can spot them
0: <laughs> from a mile so,
1: away. So I would, I would say to every person: go learn how to meditate and practice it every day. Mm. You know, um, and and it 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 will it will change your life. It will. Yes, you will be in a different place. All the rest of your life.
0: I think it's more needed than ever because, I personally, I feel like it's a great antidote to the constant uh, feeling of needing to be connected and getting information and reading things online. It's been really helpful for me, sort of growing up in this digital world, to to disconnect. It's so refreshing, and I feel like I feel like I'm, you know, in a sense, exercising my brain, even though I'm calming it down. It feels like the most productive time of my day so i completely agree with you
1: it is the most productive time of your day if you take 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you successfully get into an alpha state meditation in your brain it is the most productive time of your day um my you, will, you you will uh, you will find answers that you could not solve yes. before you did that you will have ideas creative ideas that you would not have had, had you not done that. Um, such a great point. Um, and, um, uh, and so I, I you know, I'm a huge believer in it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted in my second life when I actually, uh, go into retirement is to become a meditative a meditation instructor and teach.
0: That's I, I want
1: to teach, I want to teach elderly people and kids how to meditate because, um, it can make such a Huge mm. difference for somebody that's yes. that's towards the end of their life and and having to understand what's going to happen mm. from from there on and be okay with it, yes. right? Yeah, and uh, and still be productive. Um, and kids that 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 just that you know they're all they're all hyperactive.
0: Because yes. the truth, I have everyone, three of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all hyperactive, all of them. Because why wouldn't you be? Yeah. It's somebody is. You know those little things in the in the in the uh, that used to have. They don't have many more because too many kids got hurt on them. Uh, the the spinning things that you push around um, in playgrounds. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep, uh, they they got that thing cranked up to maximum <laughs> RPMs. You know. Yep. And, and um. The merry-go-round. And, and, and if you're not hanging on for dear life, you're just going to go flying <laughs> off and hit the wall. And it's you're, it's over, right? It's and And then, then if you're lucky enough to get off of it, you're going to throw up because you're so dizzy. <laughs> you know? So how can you help not being hyperactive? Okay
0: point. They've actually even started teaching it in public school uh, meditation to my kindergartner, um, who also has autism. And so calming down for him has been a real struggle. But the other day I caught him when he was upset, just, he was calming himself down and doing some meditation and it made me so
1: happy. (laughs) Just the best. Yeah. I mean that, that, you know, there, there, there's not a better skill. I, you know, whatever school has decided to put that in, in kindergarten, they, they need, they need a, a, you know, recognition, worldwide recognition. Absolutely. So every, all the other schools start doing it <laughs> yes. because, um, um, you know, I mean, literally, the school day is. Uh, I don't know. I talk to my high school student, and 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 I go, you know, I I, I come away with the sense that he spent six hours there and wasted six hours sure. of his life. Oh yeah, um, so, it's it. it it's like, teach him how to meditate, bring First the whole thing, thing yes. notches, you know, <laughs> they're, they're pushing, pushing, pushing. They think that more is better, more mm. is better, better. Well, the fact is, is that, that in, he, he's in one of the top 100 high schools in the country. And, mm. and, and literally I'm 64 years old. Right. And, That's and I can do math better and faster than he can. Mm. And and why is that? I learned math. My high school math was that's 40, 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> OK, <laughs> 50 years ago. But the way I learned it was in a way different environment. Oh, sure. OK. And and so what happened was is I really learned it. Absolutely. I really learned it. Yes. I never forgot it. I still haven't forgotten it. I can still do algebra. I can still do quadratic equations. How is that? How? I, I, it's not like I use them in my work. Sure, that's pretty but remarkable. I, it, it's not remarkable. It's because of the way it was taught hmm. in the environment that it was taught, sure, sure. and that environment has been destroyed. Yes, in every school. Right? It's Absolutely. Been, yeah, it's the, it's the been truth. Destroyed. You you know when I went to when I when I was in high school there were twenty kids in the classroom hmm. in the algebra two class. There's forty now or more, <laughs> right? Yes, I didn't see forty people in a classroom till I got to college. Yeah, so, that's, that's insane. So so how can you? And then you add the what's happened with the, the, the amount of information that we get and how fast the world moves and, and mm-hmm. all the media that you're bombarded with daily. And you add that to the equation, you know, mm-hmm. less contact with a mentor and a teacher. Yes. What do you, What? in God's name do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that's no. the truth. <laughs> and, and what is happening and everybody yes. throws their hands up and go oh we need common core we need a new we need a new oh. we need a new something because it's not working oh. well that's not that's not the problem Yeah. no it really isn't you you know geometry's geometry algebra's algebra it hasn't changed it hasn't changed since the freaking greeks <laughs> so, so come on You know, what what has changed? Let's look at what the differences are. And that's what you have to alter if you want to Mm. fix it, you know. So, um, yeah. So the whole educational process is very important, Um, getting back to topic. And and I think there are things that an individual can do to um, help them with Mm. the creative process, with the intellectual process. Meditation is certainly one of them studying and spending time with something is another Mm. don't be in a hurry sure you know don't be in you know it's like painting a house if you're in a hurry it's going to look like crap when you're done yeah you have to take the time to tape the windows to scrape and sand the old paint and it's painstaking it takes a long time to do it properly yeah okay but if you don't what will it look like it will look bad yes
0: it's true (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and so and guaranteed. It's not yep. it's maybe it'll look bad. It will. It will yes. look bad. Yes, guaranteed. So, guaranteed. So so take the time mm-hmm. and enjoy the joy the journey. Mm-hmm. Getting it. you know, take the time doesn't matter, you know, I, it's like I I I I tell kids, you know, it if you if you in college you really want to focus on something Take 12 hours that semester, hmm. you know, work on the side so that you, you know, you can meet your expenses. You'll get more out of it. Absolutely. Right? Rather than just rather than just powering through. Right. That's
0: a really, really good point. I know I definitely powered through.
1: <laughs> well, I, I powered through, too, because I couldn't stand the I couldn't stand the the, the process. It's like, OK, yeah. I just need three. I got an idea what I want to do, but I got to get this degree, so I'm yeah. going to power through. And I went to summer school, you know, so that I could get through faster. Mm. Uh, but I worked the whole time in college, sure. and 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 that, you know, uh, that was a good thing too because I was experiencing things in the real world with people that yeah. had already been there, done that, and um, uh, and 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 so that helps I'm a big fan of internships I've all almost always every project I've had every time to- every place I've been I have had interns
0: huh nice um, awesome.
1: and, um and it has made the process well worthwhile um, um and um you get that teaching in and and
0: all that and you get, get to the, pass it on
1: in and and you get the perspective of somebody that's uh thirty or forty years younger than you Mm. are. (laughs) Good times. (laughs) Which is very valuable. You know, sure. It's very valuable because you know, when you're working on a a film project at from the perspective of somebody that's sixty years old, um the the story is very different in terms of its Mm -hmm. interest than it is to somebody that's twenty five. And if you're If you're trying to appeal to a big audience, whether it's an ad that you're doing or a movie or whatever, if you're trying to appeal to a broad audience, the story has to be able to um, resonate with a broad audience. Yeah. And and so you need the input from people uh, in other other parts of that that audience in order point, yes. to balance what you know you nobody's exactly. going to nobody's going to out outdo you with the experience you know true, true. that won't happen that won't happen but they, they <laughs> likely will outdo you um in terms of other other things to think about sure. that you never think about because it's beyond your experience sure. it's outside your realm and and you have to be open to that and if you're not then, you know, your life is over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> if you're not open to that, you know. That's, uh, a, that's an excellent point. And, and that's what keeps your brain fresh.
0: Keeping that brain fresh. I'm, I'm writing that down. That That's a really excellent uh, point to make. I think and it doesn't matter what age you are. I think I, I know, like, interacting with my own children I get that you know, with my third grader, she'll share a new perspective, some, you know, a way of something I've never you know, thought about it that way, or something that she really responds to that I've never responded to. And I want to understand why, what is it about that that resonates with you? And it's so, it's so impactful and so refreshing to have a different, different view on things. So I love that. That's really, really beautiful. Keeping the brain fresh. Well, John, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know I've already kept you for about an hour and a half. I so appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing everything. I, I could listen to you for hours, so maybe we'll have to do a part two one of these days. Um, but but thank right. you. Thank you for sharing your experience, your journey. Thank you so much.
1: You, you bet.
0: Say goodbye to your little friend. Thanks for listening to Basic Brainheart with I'm not great at farewells, so that pig. Check back
1: soon for more heart-pumping, brain-boosting content.